It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vail Valley, taking your calls and your questions today. And uh, this is Calvary Live, the call-in radio show where you can call us with your questions about God, your questions about the Bible. Um, maybe you have a question about a cult group that you know about, or maybe somebody's approached you with something that you're not really quite sure is a biblical teaching, and you have a question about that. Um, maybe you have a question about something going on in your own life, and you're looking for some advice, uh, some biblical advice. Maybe... Um, you have a prayer request and you'd like us to pray together for something going on in your life or in the life of a friend or family member, we would love to pray with you and uh, I'd love to attempt to answer your questions from the Bible today. Uh, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number to call is 303-690-3000 or you can text 720 Three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the phone number to text is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And we are broadcasting up and down the Front Range uh, of Colorado, uh, all the way up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, down to Colorado Springs, reaching down towards Pueblo, even, and also on uh, the East Coast in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. And would love to answer any questions that you may have today. And you know. Um, Today, many people are processing the news of what happened at in Las Vegas and just the 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 horrible evil that took place there. And uh, thinking about it myself and realizing that that someone could have such evil in their heart, um, I think often, you know, as as humans, as Christians, sometimes we can get to this point where we feel like the world is basically safe and people are basically good. And then we're rudely awakened and rudely reminded that indeed uh, we humans are sinners. We are fallen and we do harbor evil in our hearts and we need a savior. Um, and, you know, in, in times like this, when so many people are hurting um, and so many families are broken and so many uh, people are just torn apart by this, this senseless, horrific act, um, it's it's a, a very important time for those of us who are believers to step up and to um, to stand in the gap and pray. And I mean, like really pray. I mean, we always say when something like this happens, you say, oh, pray for Vegas, pray for this, pray for that. And I get the sentiment of that, but I mean, like actually pray for the people that are there. Prayer accomplishes much. You know, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much as we read in James. And so really pray and then really recognize that um, the, as sad as this, this situation is, it's also an opportunity to speak life into people's lives. Um, if you have friends or family members that are directly affected by this tragedy, what an opportunity to come alongside them and bring them the comfort that comes from Jesus Christ. Uh, if, if you're just talking with coworkers about this and the tragedy that's gone on, what an opportunity to talk about the the way that God takes even bad situations and creates good from them and intends good from them. And so um, I'd like to just take a second and corporately together 
pray over um, the, the situation there and over our nation as well. So one, our, all of our listeners, won't you pray with me right now? Lord, we just come before you and understanding the uh, the craziness of what happened uh, in Las Vegas, Lord, we bring it before you and we just ask that you would bring incredible healing and hope in the midst of this great tragedy, Lord. Um, the, the darkness that it can be found in the heart of man is uh, infathomable to, to us in many ways, Lord. And yet uh, we also know it all too well because we are uh, at our most base. We are sinners as well, Lord, and, and we're all subject to that same darkness if we if we yield to it lord and so there but for the grace of god go any of us lord and so we're so grateful for your love and your grace for each of us as believers and lord we just ask that you would show us how we can speak truth and speak life into this situation lord show us each of us uh in the situations that we're in how we can share your comfort and your hope and we pray over those who are affected by this, Lord. We pray for the families that have lost loved ones, that you would just give them a great sense of peace and hope in you, even in the midst of this tragedy, Lord. We pray for those who are injured and, you know, over 500 people injured in this incident, Lord. Would you just heal them? If there's anybody that's that's seriously injured, would you heal them, Lord? Would you just give them an incredible testimony out of this? May this tragedy turn them towards you, Lord, turn their hearts towards you. Uh, we know that you take broken things and ugly things and you make them beautiful, Lord. So we ask that you would do that in this situation and we bring it before you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Once again, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where you can call us with your questions uh, or your prayer requests. You can call today at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. You can text 720-336-0897. I'm going to take a quick look at the text line here. And it uh, looks like we've got a couple of text messages that have come in. Um, someone said, prayer request for all out in Vegas. A friend was shot and some friends of friends were shot. Just heartbroken. I've been to the concerts the past few years but didn't go this year. I pray for the ones who aren't saved that God works this to leading them to be saved. Thank you from Matthew. Um, and he's, Matthew said, P.S., they are alive, just injured, praise God. So, Lord, uh, and we are so thankful for that, thankful that, that those friends of Matthew's are safe, and pray that you give them healing, Lord, and um, just we, we just pray for those, as he said specifically, Lord, as Matthew said, we pray for those who aren't saved and pray that they would uh, turn to you through this, this incredible tragedy that's going on, Lord, and pray that you would just work through it powerfully, Lord, that you would redeem the situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew, thank you for your text, and we are definitely praying. I know many people are praying right now, so... Um, Next in line on the text line, um, someone has tested has texted a, a, a question that says, "Do you feel that we are coming into end times? If so, why?" So, do you feel that we are coming into end times, and if so, why? 
And uh, so that it's a it's a subjective question a little bit um, because you, you've asked my personal feelings, and so I'll give you my personal feelings on that. Uh, yes, absolutely, I do feel that we are coming into the end times. Uh, I see that we see many Bible prophecies being fulfilled, uh, really starting back when Israel became a nation after World War II. Um, I mean, you think about the reality of that, a, a nation that hadn't existed for nearly 2,000 years suddenly comes back into existence. When do you hear of that happening ever? Um, the nation of Israel reborn as a nation um, after the, 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 the tragedies of World War II. And God um, then, through that, bring about many things on the world stage to see that. But you know, I, I, it's not just because of the stuff that I see in the world, it's because of what we see in the scriptures. And we've known that really we are in the end times since um, since Jesus was here, since Jesus went back to the Father, we are in what would be known as the last time, um, the church age. If you look at uh, kind of the, the prophecy timeline that we see through um, Daniel chapter 9 and some of these other sections in scriptures, um, we see that the, the end times being this period between uh, the last few weeks of, of the, the prophecy of Daniel. And so we're there right in the middle of that. And the, the only thing really remaining to happen is the great tribulation that we see um, at the end. And then it's the end. And so right now we're in this kind of in-between time waiting for really, as Paul says, the, the fullness of the Gentiles, the full number of the Gentiles to be saved. Um, and then the end will come. And then Jesus will return. He'll catch his bride up and we will be raptured. Just that, that word, the rapture, uh, controversial word a little bit, but uh, we'll be raptured back to the Lord. And then the end times, the, the official, probably what you're defining as end times will be ushered in. Uh, and, you know, honestly, people talk about the end times and talk about, you know, the apocalypse and Armageddon and kind of, you know, doom and gloom type stuff. But when I think about the end times, it actually is an exciting thing for me. And the reason I say that is this. First off, uh, those who believe in Jesus Christ and are saved will be caught up with him in the air to be with him forever. I mean, there's nothing better than that. Um, be the, the only ones that don't have to face death for one, but then also just to be, to be with the Lord, you know, uh, to be with the Lord is far better than being here. But then the cool thing is that the, the end times are really the, the end of the beginning is really what it is. It's the beginning of the world is being ushered out and the end, uh, the, it's, it's ushering into the next age when God sets all things right again when he recreates a new heaven and a new earth and everything is set right. And this world has so much pain as we clearly see today. And uh, the end times really are the ushering in of perfection of God's perfect kingdom. And I really personally look forward to that, uh, not having to wake up to things like we woke up to today. And so um, I do feel that we're in the end times and, and some of those are some of the reasons why. So you're listening to Calvary Live. If you'd like to call us with a question or a prayer request today, you can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number to call is 303-690-3000. Now, usually we're booked up solid with calls by this time in the show. 
Um, so if you haven't, if you've tried calling in before and you haven't gotten through, right now is a great time to call. We've got three open lines and that's a pretty rare thing. So if you have a question that you've thought of in the past and you're just sitting there thinking, you know, maybe I'll call in today. Now is a great time to do that. You will probably get through. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. I've got a couple more text lines in, which I, it's nice to be able to answer those. We usually don't get to many of those. But if you have a question, today's a great day to call, 303-690-3000. Okay, I've got a, a text here from someone that has asked for, for prayer, for healing. It says, hello, I threw out my back and could really use prayer for healing. Lower left back. Thank you from Joey. All right, Joey, thank you for your text. We would love to pray for you. So let's do that together. Lord, we lift up Joey to you right now. And we just ask you for healing for his back. Lord, whatever it is that he did to it, Lord, would you just bring great healing? I know what it is to have pain in your back, and it's not a fun thing. And so I pray uh, that you'd restore him completely, Lord. Uh, and we pray in the meantime, Lord, that you would just uh, use this for good in his life, whatever that means, Lord, that, that if there's something that you're trying to work in his life through this injury, would you do that? Um, but we do ask you for healing for him and pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I've got another question that has come in via the text line, and it says, um, I'm curious about Matthew 12:40, where it says that Jonah was three days and three nights in the great fish. So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus was crucified on a Friday and resurrected on Sunday morning, so that was only two nights. That's a great question. And, you know, there's been lots of debate about this uh, This you might put it as a problem. I don't really see it as a problem, but there's been lots of debate about what this means when Jesus is talking about Jonah and the whale or Jesus and the resurrection. Um, and the, the prevailing opinion, kind of the one that's the most popular opinion on this is just the, the Jewish understanding of a day being a day and a night. So a day and a night is a day. When we think of a day, we think tomorrow and we think, you know, kind of the time period between 6 a.m. and 5 or 6 p.m. and that's kind of our day and then it's night is separate. But in Jewish culture, a day began the night before and stretched to the end of the day following. And so today is Monday. Well, in the Jewish culture, Monday would have started last night instead of starting this morning. And so Monday would have started last night at around 6 p.m. Monday would end today at around 6 p.m. And so the, the thought being Jesus going from Friday through Sunday being the, that three days and nights there. Uh, the other side of this, the, the other opinion that's kind of popular on this thought is one that I, I think is really interesting, and I have not looked into it enough to really know where I stand on this, but it's that Jesus was actually crucified on a Thursday uh, and resurrected on a Sunday. Now, it doesn't say in the scripture that Jesus was crucified on a Friday. The only reason that people believe that it's a Friday is because people are preparing for the Sabbath. Um, if you remember, they said that it was a day of preparation for the Sabbath. But the reason that people think he might have been crucified on a Thursday was because that the, it's, there's potential that the year that Jesus was crucified, there was what's called a special Sabbath. And the special Sabbath is when there was a holy day or a high day, as they would call it. They would have a special Sabbath day. 
And on that day, it was, you know, the day of Passover, for example, would be a special Sabbath. Passover in and of itself would count as a Sabbath day. And so in a certain week, you might have two Sabbaths. Well, the prevailing thought here is that the Passover, which Jesus is called our Passover lamb, was actually on the Thursday. And then there was, that, so, so the Sabbath started on Thursday night through Friday for the Passover. And then that Jesus then, then it went into the actual Sabbath, you know, Saturday, Friday night through Saturday, and then it was Sunday morning. And so this thought being that ultimately Jesus was crucified on a Thursday, that he was then in the grave for uh, those two days, those three nights two, th- until Sunday, uh, and rose from the dead Sunday morning. So I don't really know that I can tell you for sure which one is which. I, I, I don't have a solid opinion on it yet, but I do think it's interesting to think that it might have been a Passover. Just because it says it was a Sabbath, we also see that it was a holy day. And so uh, it, it never says anywhere in the scriptures that he was crucified on a Friday. It just says that they were preparing for the Sabbath that was the next day. And so that term Sabbath that was there was used for those holy days as well. So we don't really know exactly, but those are, that's one of those things that I'm curious about myself. And I think it'll be interesting to find out when, uh, when we meet him face to face and know fully as we are fully known. And uh, I look forward to that personally. So hope that helps answer your question a little bit. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. If you'd like to call us with your questions today, you can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. We've got one line open left. We've got two busy lines right now. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Michael on line one. Michael, welcome to the program. Pastor Nate, God bless you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Bless of God, sir. Bless of God. I have a question for you about sin. Okay. All right. As human beings born in sin, um, we all share one. We all share one. I uh, would one common set of sins, which is the pride, uh, lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And this was started by. Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the the concept of um, we are born sinners. Yeah, I, I think the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of the uh, pride of life is is more descriptor of the, kind of the sin nature. But uh, I don't think we want to break those out no. specifically as being sins that we inherit necessarily. But yeah, uh, the the concept that you're giving is is true for sure. Okay, well, what I'm asking, what I want to find out is. When Abram Abram and Sarah um, were told by God that she was going to bear a child, and they had to wait for so many years, and Abraham, uh, I guess, was patient to wait. But Sarah, she she got a little, uh, um, she, she got... You got concerned that the promise wasn't going to come through. Is yeah. there any relation between what Abraham and Sarah did in comparison to what Adam and Eve did in the, in those in the regard to the the, the lusty eyes, lust of flesh, and pride of life? Because I was listening to the preaching this morning, and it was considered something of uh, of a necessity for a woman to feel complete and full in her life. 
to have children, to raise a family and such. Is there any relation between that and what Adam and Eve did? Well, you know, I think, um, I, I think absolutely, absolutely, in a certain sense. I mean, Adam and Eve, their their original sin was was wanting to they wanted to be like God, essentially. You know, they wanted to have. Um, they wanted to have the wisdom that only God had and the knowledge of good and evil that only God had at that time. And so that was the lie that Satan gave to them was, you know, if you eat this, you'll be like God. And that's what they bit into was hoping for that. And so they disobeyed God in that. And ultimately, uh, it, it led them down that pathway of sin towards death. Now, Sarah, when she was, uh, you know, looking to, to have a child and looking to fulfill the promise that God had given, really what Sarah was doing was trying to do, for, trying to do God's work for him. And, you know, we're all kind of guilty of this sometimes. You know, we feel like God's called us to do something and we go out and do it in our own strength. And, uh, I, I guess what I'm asking is, is Sarah walking, walking in some kind of a, a pride of truth to women? In, in regards to having family and children and such, um, you know, like Eve may have been walking in some kind of pride of life. Yeah, I don't know that I would define it in, in those terms that you're using, in, you know, the, the kind of with the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I don't think that that's something that relates back to Adam and Eve as being some sort of primal sin that, that we have. That's, that's, that really defines all sin. Um, and so I think that really what I would say as far as Sarah goes, yeah, she probably uh, was feeling that she was very old and she was, um, she was nervous about the fact that she hadn't had a child. And so she's trying to figure out how to have an heir for their, for their you know, family. And uh, obviously a very sinful thought the way that she went about it. And um, Abraham was very complicit in it also because he chose, he chose to do that. You know, he could have very easily said, no, I'm not going to do this. But he, he participated. And so, um, so there's lots of sin in there on both of their parts um, in terms of, of going through with that. And I think really it was. I mean, she wanted to, she wanted to see her family survive. And, and she wasn't trusting God with it was what really what it came down to. God had given a promise, and she didn't trust God to fulfill the promise. She decided to try to fulfill it herself, and unfortunately, that's what too many of us try to do. You know, we we don't trust the Lord to to do what He said that He will do. So, uh, pretty pretty much, in other other words, back to what the New Testament talks about: in all foolish wisdom, we think we know better than God. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, our, our, God, our, our highest wisdom is foolishness to God, for sure. So, definitely. Well, I, just wanted to, I, did, I, was, I had that question on my mind this morning when I was listening to that, that message uh, for maybe Pastor Ed or somebody was preaching on it. And I was like, okay, is there any comparison with, uh, with, the, with the two founding uh, parents, that the parents in the country did, in that, in that time did, you know, in comparison to each other. And I was just kind of curious. So basically, it's almost like human nature yeah. to me. Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely, I mean, we have, we as humans have that sin nature in us that we, that we carry around with us. And it does come from Adam and Eve. You know, we inherited it from them. 
And it's that, that, that leaning towards sin and self and thinking that we can take care of it ourselves. And that's really what, what Sarah was doing for sure. So, uh, and trying to do that. I appreciate the prayer real quick, Pastor. I'm out of it. I'm stubborn. I am. I'm a poor fan for God. I'm stubborn. That's better than God for God. Michael, we're uh, I'm I'm sorry. We're uh, you're cutting out really bad there. Um. So, but I heard you say that you wanted some prayer, and so I definitely want to pray for you. But I, I think the, I, we can't hear. It's cutting out really bad. So I think we're going to put you on hold, and I'm going to pray for you. Okay. I, I definitely want to pray for you. Um. But I just we can't hear what you're saying. It's cutting out really bad. So. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray for you, though, Michael. Thank you for, for your call. Lord, we lift up Michael to you, and we just pray over him. Lord, um, it sounded like he was he was dealing with some—he some, said, I think I heard the word stubborn in, in his uh, speech there, just, just as he's uh, dealing with his own life, Lord, and we all deal with that. You know, we have that— that lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, Lord, that we know is from the world. We see that in First John 2, you know, and uh, we don't want to walk in that, Lord. We don't want to walk in that, but we want to walk in your spirit. We want to honor you with our lives. We want to honor you with our time. We want to honor you with our efforts. And so just as Michael uh, is battling those things, Lord, those, those tendencies that we all have because of our sin nature, Lord, I pray that you'd give him victory by your Holy Spirit. Help him to walk uh, in your Holy Spirit, Lord. And just as we talked about at our church this last Sunday, Lord, that he would just walk with his eyes set on you, Lord, seeking first the kingdom of God, Lord, seeking first your righteousness, knowing that all the other stuff is going to get taken care of. Um, but if we really want to honor you with our life, if we really don't want to waste our life, Lord, it, we need to live it with our eyes on you, focused on you alone. And so uh, pray this for Michael. Pray that you give him just a, 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 a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit today, Lord, and equip him and empower him for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks for your call, Michael. You have a great day. And uh, we're coming up on the break here in just a minute, but I want to go ahead and take Justin on line two. Justin, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good, just getting my voice back. Okay, yeah, what can we do for you today? Um, it's kind of a prayer request, and I'm seeking some wisdom. Uh, a friend, family friend's mom has passed away, um, so I just wanted to pray for them and their family. And then um, a little bit about wisdom. They're really deep into the Japanese community in Denver. Okay. And uh, I don't believe that they're believers. I think they've been, you know, very influenced by Buddhism most of their life and most of their family. So yeah, I just wanted to seek some wisdom on maybe some resources or somewhere I can turn to. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Well, um, let's go ahead and, and lift them up in prayer right now. And, you know, I um, I have some friends that, that are part of that community and have come to know the Lord. And, um, you know, I think that there's, there's great hope there for um, those who are in that as well. But let's definitely bring them before the Lord. Uh, Lord, we just come before you right now and lift up... Uh, Justin's friends uh, who who lost uh, their mom, Lord, and just are hurting and grieving right now. I pray that you would bring them a great sense of hope and peace, that you would just um, comfort them right now, Lord, and I pray that ultimately that, that you would reveal yourself through this, Lord, uh, just as they're in the, that time of mourning, that they would see and begin to think about life and the reality of death and 
wondering what happens uh, in that, Lord, and, and wanting to have answers to that. And I pray that you would give Justin wisdom as to how to, to speak to them in, in that as well, Lord. And just pray for um, just that you would draw them by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Your word says that no one comes unless the Father draws them. So would you begin to draw them even now as they're in the midst of grieving and mourning, Lord? Would you give him just some wisdom as to how to, to love them well and how to point them towards you and how to bring them just comfort by your Holy Spirit, Lord. And so um, I pray over Justin that he would have wisdom and direction, Lord, and I pray for those people that they would just be uh, softened, that you would soften their hearts by your Holy Spirit, and that you would draw them to yourself. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Justin, let's hang on for me just, just a little bit. We're going to go to the break here in just a second, and then I'd love to talk with you a little bit more about that. Uh, give you some resources that you can take with you for uh, talking to them and, and opening some conversations. And I really think that the biggest thing with anybody, whether it's a Buddhist or a Jehovah's Witness or anybody, it's just to start talking. Um, but when we come back from the break, we will uh, go over some of those things that we can chat about. So hold on for just a few seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley taking your calls today. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, you can call three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And right before we went to the break, we were chatting with Justin about some of his uh, friends who are are very actively involved in the the Japanese community in the Denver area and. Um, are heavily influenced by Buddhist teachings. And so uh, we were just talking about that a little bit. And so, Justin, are you still with us? Yep. All right, great. Um, so you were looking for some resources uh, about how to ch- talk with them about the Lord. Um, and so there's a couple things that I, that I think I can give you that will be helpful. Um, but the, the thing about Buddhism is it's, it's, it's incredibly different from Christianity and really even many other religions. Uh, even the concept of, of a personal God that loves you is completely foreign to a Buddhist. Um, because for them, the, the purpose is to achieve the state of nirvana, um, to achieve a, a enlightenment, but the concept of God to them is something that they don't really understand or grasp or believe in. Um, not that they don't believe in a spirituality, but that they would be more likely to say everything is God than to say there is a God and he is a person um, that I can know. And so Buddhism is probably as close to an atheist spirituality that you could have. Um, and a lot of what they believe is, is about doing these religious practices and religious duties 
to enable themselves to get to where they want to go. It's about bettering themselves. Um, and so because of that, they are really all in it for what it can do for them. That's kind of the thought. Um, it's not it's not about whether or not it's true it's about bettering themselves and so a lot of times Buddhists don't really relate well to those kind of um, logical discussions about what is truth and what matters and some of those things because really the reason that they are involved in their religion is for bettering themselves and so um, it, we have to really kind of start with that knowledge of Buddhism and so there's a great resource that you can go to online to learn a little bit about Buddhism. Um, and there's lots of them really, but but one that's just a really quick, easy read that you could do is uh, if you go to gotquestions.org, that's gotquestions.org and just type in in the search field, type in Buddhism and there's an article that just says, what is Buddhism and what do Buddhists believe? And um, Got Questions, it, it's, a, it's a Christian kind of question and answer website that, that has lots of questions about different religions and different things. And um, they've got a great little article on Buddhism there on their website. So I would start there, Justin, um, and you know, get onto gotquestions.org and, and read about Buddhism a little bit to, to learn really what they believe and what they understand. Uh, so that you have a, a place of reference because a lot of times when you're talking to a Buddhist, they're not going to, one, they're not going to understand a lot of our terms that we use as Christians. The idea of sin is foreign to them. Um, the idea that we are basically evil because of our sin is foreign to them. Um, and so there's there's lots of stuff that we, sh we have to kind of go into those conversations understanding um, the, the truth. And so understanding the truth and then understanding what they believe. And then really, it's, it, I really believe that, that talking to a Buddhist, it, is, it comes down to um, being real about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and um, having very honest, open conversations about, uh, about your faith. And, and this is really the, the truth with most people in general. Um, because we can argue about what is true all day long, but the reality is that uh, the people are seldom argued into believing Christianity by by examining our our facts. You know, um, it, it's the kindness of God that led us to repentance, and so I think similarly, it's our kindness and our love and our showing um, what God has done in our lives that really leads people to repentance as well. Now that that involves telling them the truth. So don't don't take this as not not making a case for the reality of Christianity, but it's not really from that debate standpoint if that makes sense. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so I I would start with like I said getting on to that article and understanding a little bit about what they believe and kind of where they stand on things and then really going from there to just start to talk with them about how God has worked in your life. And, you know, I've, I've thought about it, I think just in terms of evangelism in general, um, my pastor, when I was younger, used to always say this, he kind of gave this illustration, you know, because um, we, we get really awkward about evangelism. We, we feel really weird about it because we don't, we don't want to be rejected and we don't want people to misunderstand us and we don't want to say the wrong thing. 
But the reality is, is it's super simple. And this is what he would say. He said, you know, I really love my wife. I love my wife a whole lot. But how weird would it be if you knew me for like, you know, a couple years and never knew that I was married because I never talked about my wife, right? Um, that would be, it'd be pretty odd, you know, to work with somebody for years and never under, never know that they're married or to, to know somebody. So his point was, you know, if I love my wife and I talk about my wife because I love my wife and she's a part of my life, you know, if I love the Lord, he should naturally come up in my conversation because it's, it's part of who I am. It's, he's part of what I do and I make decisions based off of my faith in him. And so I, I try to honor him with my life. And so it, it should be just as natural as talking about my family members um, when I'm talking about the Lord. And that always stuck with me because I think sometimes we make it a bigger deal than it is when the reality is um, we've been given eternal life, which is knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And so it, it kind of boils back to that relationship level. And so I think the biggest thing that you can do with your Buddhist friends is right now, especially as they're mourning, is just be there and comfort them. And if you have opportunity to share with them what God has done in your life or, or uh, the, the truth of the gospel, by all means do that. But really just to love them in, in the way that Jesus has loved you and to be real about your faith with them and to start from that understanding of what it is that they believe from that Buddhist standpoint. Does that make sure. sense? Absolutely. Cool. Well, hopefully that's that's helpful. Um, I, I think that they are the Buddhists are a group that it, it's hard be, to to kind of try to compare and contrast with Christianity because they're it's 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 very different um, what they believe and the even the concepts that they understand. So uh, we just really have to start from that kind of scratch level of them not knowing anything about Christianity. So. But it's, a, it's an awesome mission field, and there's a, there's a ton of them that uh, I believe would be super open to the gospel. So, um, Justin, thanks for your call, and we'll be praying for, for you and for um, your interactions with them and praying for that family as well. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel of Vale Valley taking your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Desiree on line three. Desiree, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, Over the weekend, um, my stepdaughter, she was having her first baby, and the baby was born, stillborn. And... um, I don't know how to approach her because um, she's a, I don't know, what is she, I don't think she believes in God. I don't think she believes in God, okay. and if she don't believe in God, I know she ain't going to believe in Jesus. And she's real resentful because, uh, she. I don't know, she doesn't like me. She's real resentful since I've been with her father. Me and her dad have been together for 18 years. Okay. And um, I call her, and I try to talk to her, and I text her, but she's, like, real distant and just real cold. And how would I approach her and try to share the word with her without her, I don't know, 
even if it offends her, but don't you, I feel like I need to share the word with her. Yeah, I, I think, here's what I think the best thing that you can do right now for her is, is, you know, she's in a lot of, she's in a lot of pain right now, you know, she just, she just um, had a, a baby that didn't make it, and so I think the biggest thing that you can do is just to love her and support her, let her know that you're praying for her, that's a great way to open conversations I found, and just to say, hey, you know, can I, can I pray for you, maybe even ask it that way, um, because when you offer that, they have to say yes or no, and if they say no, then it's like, okay, well, you know, then you kind of maybe that's that's a closed door you back off but i've never met anybody that has said no don't pray for me you know <laughs> i've just yeah never, that's I, true that is true yeah, i've never even true. if it's an atheist they'll say well sure i'll take it whatever but that opens a door to kind of start to you pray for them and you start then it that opens that door to talk about spiritual things to say you know if you see her next time you see her you say oh say Sorry. oh can that's okay. Just say, oh, can I pray for you? And then, then if she says, yeah, sure, then you just pray for her right there. And then, you know, right after you're done praying, you just kind of maybe just see if it, you can open that door a little bit further and say, you know, um, I'm so sorry that this is what you're going through. You know, um, from what we understand in the Bible that, that, that um, you know, when David lost his child, right, he had that, that the baby that died, King David, uh, yeah. he said he knew that that baby was with the Lord in heaven. Um, you know, and so I, I think that you can have that same kind of, um, talk with her about, you know, like, um, so sorry that you've lost, you know, th this child, but, but, but the Lord, but the baby's with the Lord now, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, and, and have those discussions there. Um, I, I think that that's a great opening, just, just kind of opening the door. And really, I find that m the best way to evangelize people is just to, to start talking, and to, to be relational about it and not to not to to have you know like a sit down walk through the romans road thing necessarily sometimes that's appropriate but for the most part it's usually it's usually around something that people are going through in their life and she's obviously going through a lot right now oh, so i would just say you know start with how can i pray for you and or start with can i pray for you and and, and just see how the lord opens doors and you know the cool thing is this is that god said that he will give us words when we're in those situations and so i think you just just pray yourself up before you go there and ask god to to do that ask god to, to make good on that promise and trust that he will and then when you talk with her just just be faithful just to speak and i, I think that's the best thing you can do thank you pastor it can i ask you another question sure okay um i'm an i'm a new child of our lord and savior I've been serving our Father God going on four years. I had a hard time um, going to church because uh, when I started to serve our Father God, it was a year before my mom's passing. And when she did pass, I did seek out a church, and um, some things happened, so I stopped going, went to another church. Something else happened. <laughs> so I stopped going to church, so I went to church Sunday. And um, something kind of happened, and um, but I did talk to the pastor on it, and but it's, he told me maybe it might be in my inner. It's me that I'm trying to find a way not to go to church. So if mm -hmm. you could please pray for me that I stay on this strong path that I serve God, but I need fellowship and I need to be in church. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, Desiree, I, I will tell you that one of the one of the biggest tactics of the enemy is to try to keep us from fellowship, um, to try to keep us from church. If he can isolate us out, I always think about it. You know, it says in the Bible that 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 he that our enemy is like a pro, a roaring lion prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. If you've ever watched like those Discovery Channel videos of how lions hunt, you know what they yeah. do is they try to single out an animal from the herd. And after they get the animal separated from the herd, then they attack it when it's by itself and when it's weak. And that's exactly what, what, what Satan does. That's exactly what our enemy does. He, he gets us separated from the herd, separated from the church, separated from fellowship, and then he pounces on us and, and attacks us. And so um, I absolutely would love to pray for you. And then I would just encourage you, when you feel like not going, that's when you need to go the most. Um, just because that, that's, you know, the enemy's trying to, sep he's trying to pull you out and separate you so that he can attack you. So let's, let's bring that before the Lord together. Lord, I just pray for my sister Desiree. And just as um, I, I pray for her relationship with her stepdaughter, Lord, I pray that you would bring a great sense of healing and restoration there that's beyond um, what she can even understand. Lord, I pray that you, you would just work powerfully there. But I also pray for her stepdaughter that as she's in this time of grief, just having lost this baby, Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, you would just reveal how much you love her in this, in this time, Lord. I pray that she would feel your comfort and your peace. I pray that she would turn to you through this, Lord, that she would realize that you love her, that you want to save her, you want to redeem her. And so would you do that, Lord? Would you speak to her? Would you draw her to yourself right now? And I pray for Desiree, Lord, just as she, uh, you know, she has stuff when, about going to church, Lord, and we all do on some level. You know, we all have things that we don't like about different churches or we don't like when people interact with us in certain ways. And, you know, I think the enemy really tries to get at us, Lord. And so I pray that when she's feeling like she doesn't want to go, that you would help her to see that that's when she needs to go the most, Lord. I pray that you would remind her by your spirit that she needs to be in fellowship, that she needs that community, and she needs to be encouraged in your word. And so um, just give her that, that wisdom and that insight to, to make that choice. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Nate. And you have a good day. God bless you. God bless you. See you later. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, you can call us with your questions or your prayer requests today at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to call is 303-690-3000. All right, I would like to go to Jeremy on line two next. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. So I just have a, a question for you about um, Luke uh, thirteen ten. It's where Jesus heals uh, the woman who's been over, and there's just a couple things that stood out. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so a couple things, and it's it's kind of prevalent right now because I have a. Oh, are you there? think we lost Jeremy. Um, so your question, Jeremy, was about Luke 13, 10. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Jeremy, are you still with us? There we go. Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you much better now. 
too. Okay, okay great. Great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. So my question's on uh, Luke 13:10, where Jesus is, uh, Jesus healed the woman who has been over. And there's just a couple of things that stood out to me. It was what I was reading this morning, and it kind of applies because I have a really sore back right now, and it's really hindering a lot of stuff I have to do. But uh, a couple things that stood out are, one, um, the woman didn't come to Jesus. She was at, you know, she went to the temple, and she wasn't, we don't know if she was there to be healed, but Jesus called her to him. Um, another thing is this is one, one of the areas where Jesus says, you know, that she was held in bondage by Satan. And I'm, and I take that to mean like this, uh, her ailment was, uh, you know, an, an unclean spirit is what I think it says in the text. Mm-hmm. But, um, just, just a couple things that I was reading and I didn't understand is it's one, it's one area where Jesus calls her to himself to heal her. And, and then the other thing is this is one, there's a couple different healings where this is one where it says she was held in bondage by Satan. And then a couple other healings where, you know, it's just, he doesn't, he doesn't mention that. So I'm, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to find application for my life right now in this. Cause that's yeah. what I was supposed to read this morning. So I know God's trying to teach me something from it. If he's right. trying to teach me or if he's trying to teach somebody else, but supposed to get something out of it okay yeah and so when we look at this this specific section that we see here luke 13 um we see that this woman was indeed that she was she was bound um by satan as jesus said that he said she was a daughter of abraham bound by satan um and so satan had some sort of um hold over her and that he was able to physically afflict her. Now we know that this is something that is possible because he did this to Job. If you remember in the Old Testament in the book of Job, Satan came before God and asked permission to test Job by bringing, you know, these these boils on him. And so Satan does have the ability to physically afflict us. It's all within the Lord's, you know, scope of the Lord's allowance, I guess if you will. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every time that we have something, you know, physical going on, that we're being afflicted by Satan. Okay, so so we'll kind of start there. Um, so this specific instance, this was a woman who was, uh, it, you know, Satan was specifically targeting her and had, you know, afflicted her. And so Jesus healed her and set her straight, set, set loose the bond that she had from Satan. Um, and the, the context really here that we see in this section of scripture is that they were saying that he shouldn't be doing this on the Sabbath, right? Um, that, that Jesus shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath. And of course he answers their question on that and, and rebukes them. But the, um, the bigger picture is, you know, Jesus saw a woman who was in pain and he healed her and he completely restored her. And so can God, um, in your situation, can God bring healing for your back? Absolutely he can. Um, 100% he can. And I believe that, you know, you want to walk in faith, trusting that, that he is able to do that and asking him if it's what he wants to do. Um, you know, there was the, the, the leper that came to Jesus and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And and really, it's like the question isn't like, God, if you're willing, it's really if it's your will, you know, um, and that's really the, 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 the question that, that we ask when we're looking for that healing is, Lord, is this what you want to do? If, you're, if it's your will to heal me, 
I believe that you can, and I'm going to trust you to do that. Um, and I've seen God heal and work miraculously before. I'm an example of that. When I was born, um, I had a hole in my lung and a collapsed lung. I had a 50% chance of making it. My parents went and prayed, and I was completely restored, completely. The doctors were blown away. It was just miraculous. Um, but then I've also prayed for people in true faith and seeing God not heal them, and God used the testimony of their trial and hardship for great things down the road. And so really the question comes back to, is healing what God wants to do in your life? And seeking him for that, it's okay to ask God to heal you, absolutely. And it's okay to ask in faith. In fact, we should ask in faith. But really then resting in, if God doesn't bring that healing, then there must be a reason that he's not. And... <laughs> Paul the Apostle um, had a, a situation where he had an issue. Uh, you know, he talked about it as the thorn in his flesh, uh, the messenger of Satan sent to torment him. You know, many people believe it was his eyes, that he had a, a, a visual problem that was something that was an issue. And um, he said that I prayed three times that the Lord would take it away from me. And God answered and said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. My power will be made perfect in weakness. And so Paul wasn't healed. And, you know, it's amazing because Paul had healed hundreds, if not thousands of people before. Um, and so for Paul to say, I prayed three times, it's kind of like he's saying, man, I really was going out there. You know, <laughs> he's like, because, yeah. you know, Paul was the one who they would take handkerchiefs that he had touched and they would heal people. Um, and so Paul saying, I prayed three times and God didn't heal me in this. Uh, was a big deal. And God's answer to Paul was, no, this is actually on purpose that I'm allowing this in your life. And so for you, you know, I can't speak to what's going on in your specific situation, but I would say it's absolutely appropriate to pray for healing in faith and to trust that God is able to do that. And then the question really becomes just to ask him to show you whether that's what he wants to do, whether that's what he's willing to do in the sense that he, it's his will to heal you. And if his answer is no, then I would seek him about what, Lord, why is it that you're allowing this? What is it that you want to accomplish in or through me or through this trial in my life? Um, because that's often the way that God works. He often uses the things that we don't really want to go through for our good um, in the long run. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. Cool. Well, um, I, I would love to pray, um, you know, and, and get our listeners as well to pray for you uh, before we go today. And so um, let's just go ahead and bring that before the Lord, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, can I ask one more thing, too? Just yeah, sure. Another thing I need prayer with. I've uh, really been struggling this week with just loving my enemies. And okay. I know, like, if I want people to be able to see God, you know, I can't just—I need to be able— to let them see God through me, and even the people who I struggle with, and that's—it's just been something. Oh, Jeremy, you're you're cutting out, and I, I think, yeah, you're cutting out. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and and pray for you here, Jeremy. Um, but I heard you say that you're struggling with loving your enemies, and um, 
and doing that well. And I think that's a struggle for all of us, you know, that that's our call as believers is to love those, to bless those who curse us, uh, to pray for those who persecute us, um, to, 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 to honor really those who, as Jesus said, who, who spitefully use us. That's, that's a hard call right there. When somebody spitefully uses you, they use you and abuse you on purpose, spitefully to spite you, our answer should be blessing to that. Our answer should be love. And that is the hardest thing that I can imagine doing. I can't do it on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to do that. And he wants to give us that, but we have to be yielded to that. So let's pray together um, for that as well for you, Jeremy. Thank you for your call. Lord, we lift up Jeremy to you. And uh, we pray first just as he's dealing with pain in his back, Lord, and he's, he's seeking healing, Lord. He wants to be healed. Um, we know that you're able. And Lord, I, I've seen you miraculously heal myself and many others. Uh, I've seen you do amazing things, Lord. And so we know that you can. And so, Lord, we, we just come before you and we say, Lord, we know that you're able to heal Jeremy. We ask that you would heal him, Lord. We pray in faith, trusting that you can. And we, we just ask that you would do it, Lord, if you're willing, if it's your will to heal him. And if it's not, Lord, we ask that you would reveal the purpose that you have through this trial and that you would work powerfully through it and um, use it for his good and for your glory. And then, Lord, we bring you, uh, just Jeremy, just before you and, and all of us, really, Lord, to, to, to lift ourselves up, to ask that you would help us to love our enemies well, that we would love people better. Um, you know, this is one of those things that we really struggle with as believers, Lord, especially when we look at the, 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 the climate in our culture right now and the hatred that's everywhere. You've called us to be shining beacons of love and hope, Lord. So would we love those who hate us? Would we bless those who persecute us? Would we do good to those who spitefully use us, Lord? Fill us with your spirit that we can do that, Lord. Help us be yielded to you so that we have the ability and the will and the desire to do that, Lord. You've loved us that way. We were your enemy and you loved us. And so let us love each other the same way. Thank you for your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it looks like we have a couple people that we weren't able to get to today. I'm so sorry. Please try calling again tomorrow. Um, we'd love to take your call. And thank you for joining us for Calvary Live today. Uh, you can tune in tomorrow at the same time, the same station. Pastor Jeff Figgs will be on. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.